the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Yes, my name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, we had a tremendous response to part one of our new series on the two trivia questions from the Bible. Last time, we discussed the trivia question related to the word first in the book of Genesis. And tonight we will continue with part two of the trivia questions with how many firsts do we have in Genesis and also in the entire Bible. This trivia question, every Christian should know and apply these truths to their lives. So stay tuned for this and much, much more. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed and encouraged by our program tonight. And as Brother Gary said, we come to part two, talking about these trivia questions regarding that word first. How many times is that word first mentioned in Genesis and throughout the Bible. I love trivia questions related to the Bible because that is a tremendous way for all of us to get excited about the Bible and a tremendous way to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is filled with numerics and numbers. An example of these numbers are 2, 3, 7, 12, 14, 1,000, and on and on and on. But what about the number one, the word first? We hardly ever hear any teaching or preaching on this word first. So we want to encourage you to get your pens and paper and write down these uh, points that I'll be sharing with you. And we trust that it'll be a blessing to you and your family as well as your church as well. Uh, now let's get into these first. Let's get into all of these different firsts. And if we don't finish it, we will pick it up with a part three next uh, Saturday. Uh, now, number one, in Genesis, Genesis records the first creation of man and the history of the first human being. Uh, there was no other human being before the first creation of man in the book of Genesis. The proof of this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. And here we have the Apostle Paul under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He says, 
And so it was written, notice he says, the first man, Adam, he mentions the word first. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So Paul is letting us know that uh, Adam was the first man on this planet that God created. Now, there's a lot of people talking about, you know, there was other creations before the Bible, but that's an inductive inference. That's an assumption. There's not any proof behind that whatsoever, especially when the Bible says that Adam was the first man. Notice that in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45, the first man, Adam. Uh, no arguments with that. The second point is this. Genesis records the first creation of woman and the wife of Adam. The two W's, woman and wife, and those who try to destroy uh, that Adam was married to a woman, and her name is Eve, uh, they are in trouble. Because the Bible is clear that Adam had a, a woman as a wife, a woman wife. Uh, it was not uh, Adam and Steve or Jeeve and Beeve. <laughs> it's very important for us to understand that. And number three, Genesis records, oh, this is so beautiful. Genesis records the first institution of marriage, not between a man and a man or a woman and a woman, but a man and a woman. Uh, this is the way it should always be, and I believe that all those who believe in uh you know, fornication before marriage or adultery or homosexuality and all the other stuff that's going on is contrary to the institution by which God has established. So we need to understand that in the light uh, of this. Uh, number four, Genesis records the first temptation of man. That's in Genesis chapter three. You remember the devil worked through a serpent to dupe Adam and Eve, uh, first Eve, and got to Adam. And so it records the first temptation, and then temptation's been going on ever since. You see, God allows temptation to happen and testing to happen to test our loyalty and our faithfulness. So you need to make a note of that. A lot of people ask the question, why do we have temptations and trials and tribulations? Well, God is testing your loyalty and testing your faithfulness. If you're going to be loyal to him and faithful to him, you know, so you need to receive it, believe it, and achieve it and not give in to it. Uh, number five. Genesis records the first fall of man and the first consequences of man. And this is uh, uh, the first illustration of sin. So all of this, God records the first fall of man, the first consequences of man, and the first illustration of sin in the world. This is all in Genesis chapter 3. And uh, even the temptation in Genesis chapter 3. And we have number six, uh, you know, Genesis records the first religion of man. You say the first religion of man. Yes, the first religion of man. What was that? It was works. You say, what do you mean by that, Dr. Buckner? It was works. Well, Adam, he got after he had sinned, he figured that he can cover himself, not by the blood of Christ. You see, you can only be covered by the blood of Christ, 
You know, that's why it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, Hebrews 9 and 22. So Adam felt and Eve felt like a lot of religions today and cults today. And a lot of people in churches today and outside churches that they can become righteous without the blood of Christ. No, you can't, my friend. That is a lie of the enemy. And Adam felt and he believed and Eve, his wife, you see, he was just constantly leading her in the wrong way. He, you know, should have been by her, uh, protecting her when the enemy came uh, to uh, test them. But Adam just was a pacifist man. He was there. I believe he was there because Scripture talks about him being Adam with his wife. He was just a pacifist man. And uh, he would say, how high to jump? And he would jump. See, it's a lot of men like that today <laughs> in marriages. They're not being the role models that they are called to be by God. They are not uh, leading their family. They're not being the priests of the home. They're not protecting and guarding their families. You know, God told Adam to guard the Garden of Eden, and he let an enemy infiltrate in the garden. And a lot of men today are letting the enemy infiltrate into their lives and their homes and their churches, and the devil's reaping havoc all over the place, see, because we got a lot of weak men. And you see, so we see that the first religion is recorded in the Garden of Eden. It was a works thing. Adam got fig leaves and tried to cover himself, and God uh, had to show him, no, that's not the way we go. The right way to go is number seven. Genesis records the first sacrifice of God. God covered them with coats of skin. I believe God killed a lamb. And this a typology pointing to Jesus Christ. And he is the lamb of God, like John says, to take away the sins of the world. And, you know, this is so important. So we have here with this six point backing up, it's the first illustration of rebellion. Uh, and then the seventh point is the first illustration of redemption. You notice the two R's? Number six, the first illustration of the first R, rebellion. And then the number seven, the first illustration of divine redemption, where God covered them with the coats of skin. Oh, this is great truth here. Great teaching of the Word of God through the Spirit of God. Number eight. Genesis records the first prophecy. You remember in Genesis chapter 3, God said that the seed of the woman pointing to Jesus Christ, who will one day do a number on the devil's head, and he'll attack his feet. See, so uh, it's the blow to the enemy. And this is one of the reasons why Satan comes at uh, the church in such a way, comes after, you know, uh, all of us who are believers, that's why you need to have the armor on, you know, because he hates Jesus and he hates all of us who represent him. You know, Satan, you know, he doesn't just attack the church today, my friend. He joins it. You know, that's why it says in the book of Revelation, the, the sin of God of Satan. Don't you know that there are some people worshiping Satan in some churches today? It's sad to say that, but it's true. So we have here the uh, number nine, Genesis records the first death in the world. We find in Genesis chapter five, 
It records the first death. This is the, in Genesis chapter 5, is the first obituary mentioned over and over and over. And it says in Genesis 5, and uh, it says that, I believe it is verse 5, it says, And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. You do a study of uh, Genesis 5, you see obituaries where constantly say, so-and-so and so-and-so lived, and he died. So-and-so and so-and-so lived, and he died. It's an obituary, Genesis 5, of a whole bunch of people dying. And it, is, it says in Hebrews, you want to compare Genesis 5 to Hebrews 9 and 27, and as it is appointed to all men once to die, and after this the judgment. Oh, man, this is some great truth here. And I, I just want to say this in closing. Uh, we'll pick up with this. Look like it's going to be a part three and four. But I just want to say this. You and I, we're going to have to stand before God one day. You're going to die. I don't care how cute you think you are. I don't care how muscular you think you are. You can pat your face, strap your chin, cover yourself with hormone cream, until nuts start popping out of your ears. But you're going to die one day. And uh, the only one that's going to be able to save you is Jesus Christ when you're in that grave. Only Jesus Christ is able to raise you from that dead body. You have no hope. You have no assurance. You see, a lot of people have insurance, but not assurance. You need to have assurance in Christ. You need to repent right now. You need to turn to Jesus. You need to surrender to him, not only as Savior, but Lord of your life. And somebody says, you know what? I got plenty of time to do this. Well, let me share a story with you in closing. There was a story told about the devil having a convention with all of his demons on how to keep people from Christ. And a whole bunch of demons got up and said, you know, tell them that there is no Christ. The devil says, sit down. Another one says, tell them that there is no resurrection. The devil says, sit down. Another one said, tell them that the Bible is not true. The devil says, sit down. Another one said, tell them that Jesus was a liar. The devil says, sit down. The devil stood up and said, you're all missing the point. All you got to do is tell them that they have plenty of time. The Bible is clear that it's high time to awake. The night is forespent, and the day is at hand. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding what the Genesis records. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You know. Now is the appointed time. Today is the day of salvation. You don't have to wait. You should not wait. Don't wait. Accept Christ right now. Call us right now. If you need if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We want to lead you to the Lord. If you have questions about salvation, whatever, call us right now. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. Call us tonight. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you. 
you don't have to be alone in the circumstance situation you may find yourself in. And, you know, prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So whatever you're going through, we know that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. So if you need prayer, don't hesitate to pick up that phone and give us a call. If you have questions for us tonight, give us a call. If you need uh, just a word, give us a call. The number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. And speaking of prayer, we want to begin by. Uh, Thanking all of you who have been diligently praying for contending for the faith. Without your prayers, as well as your financial support, we would have never been on the air as long as we have. We also want to thank those of you who stepped up to the plate uh, to get contending for the faith paid up to date. Uh, you know, it was a, it's an important thing. It just lets us know that you love this program and that you care about it remaining on the air. And so we can't thank you enough. We want to thank those who gave, Jackie, Fred, Daniil, Sharon, Sandra, Yvette, Gail. We had an anonymous giver, Ken and Bridget. We can't thank you enough. We appreciate everyone showing how much you love this ministry. Remember, it, it costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, to keep this thing going week after week after week. And so it's so important that you continue to pray for contending for the faith. It's also so important that you continue to partner with us financially to keep this ministry going. There's two ways that you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box five. Five three Tiburon spelled T I B U R O N California nine four nine two zero, but the second way is so much easier. If you have a laptop or a tablet, smartphone, just go online. Go to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. We have no idea on this side of heaven the impact that your giving is going to have in eternity. When you stand before God, I believe one day he's going to tell you, turn around and you'll see a multitude of people and you'll ask God, who are these people? And they'll be the ones that made it into heaven as a result of you being obedient to give to this ministry and ministries like it that are touching lives for time and eternity. You know, it's we're always blessed and and uh, so gratified when someone sends us a note of encouragement, and we did receive one this week. It says, Dear Dr. Buckner, I enjoyed the teaching on Bible trivia. It really opened my eyes. I listened to every word. I knew the first sacrifice, but I didn't know the first religion. This teaching is very different than anything I've heard. Thank you for this new topic. I'm looking forward to the next trivia question. Encloses a donation to help with your payment on the 18th. God bless and keep you. I'm praying for Rick and Gary. Signed, Sandy. And speaking of Rick, we just want to let you know that uh, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Brother Rick. He's doing well after his surgery. I spoke to him today, and I believe we're going to hear from him later on this evening. Uh, so, yes, thank you for your prayers because they make a difference. Don't ever think 
that your prayers are not affecting things. Your, the Word of God says, The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And don't hesitate to pray. Pray, pray without ceasing, Paul says. You know, con- connect with God. You know, practice the presence of God. Sometimes you go all day long just thinking about God, praying to God, lifting things up to God, thanking God, rejoicing in the Lord. I mean, it, it's a it's a way of life. It's a way of thinking. It's how we as believers need to need to be thinking and doing. So we want to encourage you to practice prayer, practice lifting others up and giving thanks. And uh, you'll see a change in your life, Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those announcements. And we want to, again, thank everybody out there for stepping up to the plate and knocking a home run and uh, helping us to continue to be on the air. And uh, we appreciate you, appreciate your prayers and your sacrificial giving. And uh, we can't do what we're doing without your prayers and your support. And just continue to do what you're doing because – uh, God is using this program to reach so many people, as Brother Gary has said. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to get to our callers because that's very important, and uh, we're going to do that right now, Brother Gary. All right. We're going to go to Jermaine. Welcome to Contending for the Faith. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing very well. Well, that's good. Good to hear from you, and we trust you got uh, encouraged by the Word tonight. Yeah, I was very blessed by that. I, that was uh, maybe we, we just read that chapter of... Uh, Genesis and my family, so that, that was a special blessing. Well, that's good. Everybody doing well in the house front? Yeah, so far so good, uh, Dr. Butter. Thank you for asking. That's good. We're always praying for you. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, um, you know, I, I, had, uh, I was just looking at some, some of my history and just in, I guess, in the medical books with some genetic oddities, and some joint twins came up. And I noticed there was a, a Chinese, uh, they were brothers, but they shared the same body. I noticed they had about, like, 15 children between them, and they both were married. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure there's no biblical precedent for that. So I don't know how you would reference it, but, I mean, how do you handle something like that where two people would like to get married to two different people, but they share the same body? And, I mean... I really don't know where to go with it because I don't know. Is that like, like, is it fornication? Is, is it, you know, dual spouses? How would you handle something like that if they came to you for counseling? Because they they have one body, but they're two separate people. I just don't know. Yeah, well, some people are joined together, and I think you're talking about two. Sometimes in cases where you have two people, I when I grew up, I they used to have a parade in uh, Bakersfield where. Uh, this uh, woman and her sister was uh, uh, joined together and with from the head, and you're talking about stuff like that, where they're joined together and uh, situations like that, right? Uh, yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, the you know the Bible doesn't come out clear and say anything about that in particular, but it does say some things about uh, you know the fact that. Uh, you know, Genesis, as well as Jesus said, uh, when you go into uh, a marriage, you're no longer two, but you're one. Uh, I think that this fits into the situation of uh, conjoining uh, bodies like that. And um, if I was in a situation like that, I would want surgery. I would, uh, you know, I would want surgery. And if they not willing to do that, I would... Uh, 
you know, and you know, want to, you know, not be putting myself in a situation like that, where, uh, you know, what uh, what you're describing, uh, you know, Ephesians five talks about a husband and a wife; they're one, you know. So the oneness is covered by them being together. Uh, in unity as one, and when they're conjoined like that, uh, I would want to have surgery. And uh, I would, if I was in a counseling session, I would, I would, uh, as a pastor and counselor, I would uh, encourage that, uh, and I would uh, bring out the points of uh, Genesis. God says you're no longer two, but you're one. I mean, you've got to be covered under that oneness. And uh, when you uh, are not covered under that, then it is, in a sense, a form of uh, fornication and adultery and a whole bunch of other things. So this is, this is, and then your body's being exposed to someone else that you're not married to, and uh, you're supposed to have that covering with that husband and wife. So that's the way I would kind of approach it, and hopefully that's kind of giving you some pointers, especially emphasizing you're no longer two, but you're one. So if you got all of these people joined together in a relationship, it's destroying the oneness. Uh, you're you're still being two, and you're not only being two, but you're being three, four, and five. <laughs> I'm not going to go just with two. You're going three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> It's getting, it's getting crazy. <laughs> it's getting very complicated. So that's what I was saying. Hopefully that helped you out. A, a little bit. I was just. I was more referencing the people I was uh, referring to were more where they medically they could not be separated, and it's it just like two heads on basically a body. And yeah, I know there's no easy answer for it. It's just there's no precedence. I'm I'm just. I'm going to go ahead and continue to, to ponder this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, I think that you do have answers in the sense that it's it's you know it's unfortunate that uh, people are conjoined like that. You know, it's uh, unfortunate for the individuals. Uh, you know, but um, uh, you know, I think it's just a matter. It boils down to a matter of conscience and a matter of uh, what the scripture says. I think. Uh, I just think that we can't compromise the scriptures, even though we're in a state like that. I think we have to be firm with what the Word of God says, and we're there no longer two, but they're one. And I think we got to emphasize that with people who are in that state. So you know, so uh, I don't. I don't think it's important. We should violate that. I think we need to be strong in in dealing with that, and uh, that's the way I would come at it. So. A lot of people are going to have different opinions, and, uh, you know, they're going to come here and there. But I, I have to stay with the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God says one husband and one wife, and they are covered under that, and then no longer two but one. So the Scriptures gives us precedent over everything else, even in the midst of uh, sometimes medical complications. We still have to deal with truth and not compromise that. And uh, if there can't be a separation uh, with that situation, you know, uh, we have to just deal with it from what God says. And that's the way I would kind of come at it. Okay. Well, well thank you, Dr. Bucker. Appreciate that answer. You're welcome. And that's a good uh, uh, question and a different one. But uh, in, the face of, in the face of it, Jermaine, uh, we can't compromise, confuse, or contradict the Word of God, no matter how bad the 
complications are and the situations are in 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 one's body because we're living in a cursed creation, and uh, you know our bodies get affected in so many different ways. Uh, and uh, this, just like some people say, you know, man, I was born, you know, I believe I was born a female uh, when they are male, and they, but the the way we're going to have to deal with that is simply go back to the scriptures and simply say, this is what the scripture says. I don't care how much you say you have a biological issue or you're bi- biologically affected, uh, the scriptures, the Bible must uh, take precedent over any biological issues. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Buckley. You're welcome, and thank you for the uh, call and the question. All right, now. All right. God bless. Uh, Brother Gary? All right. Let's go to CC in Oakland. CC, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? We're truly blessed. How about yourself? I'm trying to hang in there. Well, that's good. Keep the faith, you know, and share it as well, you know. Um, uh, We trust you got uh, blessed by the Word tonight. No, yeah, yeah, always. Good, good. And, and and what's on your heart tonight? Uh, if you had asked me uh, to, um, I guess to, to do my homework and give you, you know, saying what I what I what I had found on um, that uh, that passage you gave me, that, um, I asked you about a couple of weeks ago. Yes, just give give me the passage again so everybody will know it, and they may want to go look at it, and we'll want to hear what you have to say on it. Where's the passage, um, Romans? It's Romans three. I was wondering, did you have enough time? Because it probably it probably take me like at least I need at least ten little little over ten minutes. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, just tap into it a little bit, and uh, we'll pick up with part two. Let's go to uh, Romans three because I've been talking to you about this for the longest. Uh-huh. Let's let's open okay. it. Let's open it up and uh, go from there. Romans three, and give me the verse. Yeah, and the, the verse is um, is verse seven. Okay, verse seven. Okay. Yeah. Now, well, go it ahead says, and go ahead and read it. It says, "For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto His glory, why am I yet also judged a sinner?" Okay. The reading of the word. Amen. And, um, before I give some in, uh, textual interpretation on this passage, I think it's very important. Some very important information that needs to be um, developed because if a person would read this verse without having all the information as a whole, they might find themselves confused. And so we have to understand Paul's argument. In order to understand Paul's argument, we have to understand the context, and the context is given to us in the beginning of Romans um, chapter 3, verse 1. He says, What advantage then has the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? And so Paul's addressing the Jews here, and the reason he makes that statement because the Jews had a mindset that they thought they were automatically righteous because of them being Jews. They also thought they were automatically righteous of them because of them being circumcised. And so the reason why the Jews had this mindset, because they were immersed in Jewish culture, where they had this elitist attitude that it had superior advantage over the Gentiles. And so there was a, a racial segregation among the Jews and Gentiles, and racism existed then and existed now. And so um, what's happening here is, um, and what Paul develops this statement when he says, what advantages if uh, you have being a Jew or circumcision, those are, that's, what the, that's what the confidence that was righteous. But Paul actually demolishes that argument in the latter part of Romans chapter 2 when he says, for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, 
neither is that of circumcision, which is of the outward flock, uh, outward, of fl- outward in the flesh. And when Paul makes that statement, Paul knew to look at 200 physical Jews, not to see them all as being Jews, not in terms of their ethnicity, but in terms of all of them being saved. Mm-hmm. And he says in verse 29, he says, that he is a Jew which is one inwardly in the circumcision of the heart. And so, as it says in the Old Testament, that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so when the Apostle Paul uses this term heart, he's not talking about the physical cardia that we have that pumps blood through our body, but he's talking about the heart is, is a term, it's a Jewish expression, it's a seat of our most, it's a well aspiration of our desire, it, it's what drives us to do what we do. It's, as it says, out of the abundance of the heart, does the mouth speak, or as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And Jeremiah describes the heart as being uh, desperately wicked as above all things who can know it. And Jesus said in Matthew 15, out of heart proceed of all manner of evil. And Psalm 33 says, God has fashioned all the hearts of light. And then Ezekiel, actually, in terms of salvation, he says that I will take away the stony heart by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and give them a heart of flesh. And so that's true conversion. But once the heart, once a person is saved, their heart has to be continually fed. And that's why... Um, David said, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Once the word of God is in your heart, it becomes a steering wheel to drive you in the right direction. And Paul picks that up in Colossians 3.15. He says, um, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, which is the Greek word plusios, which means extravagantly. The word of God can't dwell in your heart extravagantly unless you, unless you read it every day. You can't, you can't just pick it up on Sunday and close the Bible up and then not have it, and then don't read it the rest of the week. And then Jesus also... Um, talks about that, uh, or Isaiah the prophet, when he says, um, these people praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Right. Now, hold so, on. Hold on with that thought right there, because we got to go to a commercial. But what I want you to do when we come back, uh, so we got the other callers, you're really bringing out some good stuff. I want you just to talk about verse 7 and exegete that, and then we'll uh, pick it up next time. Brother Gary. All right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. We're here to pray with you, to talk to you, to entertain your questions and comments. We still have a little bit of time left in the broadcast. So give us a call. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And once again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith and all of you who have been so generous as to give on a continuous basis to keep this ministry going. Uh, We can't thank you enough for your prayers and your financial support. There's two ways you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. It's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. And let's get back to our callers, Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. And uh, Cece, uh, we need to just uh, wind it up. But I want to say this. Good job. 
man, you did your homework, and I'm touched by that. Um, keep on studying. To show yourself approved, and uh, just uh, let's sum this up, and we'll pick up your prayer next time because we got Rick and a few other people. Um, hey. How do you? How do we look at uh, what is Paul saying in verse seven? You gave the the uh, the context, but that verse itself, what is what is he doing right there? What do you okay, think? What do you think he's doing? For if the truth of God has abounded more through my lie unto his glory, why am I yet also judged a sinner? Uh, what the Paul, what Paul's doing is he's addressing the Jews here, because the Jews, as you see on the read the context, they believe that they were righteous because of them uh, being Jews. They also believe they're righteous because of circumcision, not to mention a lot of long list of other things. They, they, they believe in ceremonial laws. They believed in um, tradition, culture, their lineage to Abraham, them keeping the law. Right, and, and you all mentioned all of that. Time. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned all that before, but this is the point I'm trying to say, that you mentioned all of that in the context, but this verse itself, when we narrow it down, what Paul is doing, he's being sarcastic with them regarding all the stuff you're saying. He's putting it all together in a sarcastic way and simply saying that uh, the truth of God won't mean anything to me uh, everything that I'm doing will uh, be uh, a lie and it, that I'm doing. Um, and there, there's no representation. Uh, I'm going to be judged still as a sinner because if I believe the way you're doing, if I believe the way you teach, talking about all the things you mentioned about the Jews, then I'm a lie and uh, the truth of God doesn't matter. None of those things matter. So Paul is being sarcastic and just throwing in their face that everything about God doesn't mean anything because if I go the way that you're saying in terms of the Jews, then everything profit means nothing in relationship to God. But thank you so much for that. And yeah. when we, when you call next week, we'll say a little bit more on this and then we'll move on to something else. But good job, man, and keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. I was, I, I was actually going to get to that point, and I just wanted to say this part, too, that what I've developed is that um, Paul basically saying, if I follow you guys, if I follow you guys' argument, I can't be judged a sinner. That's right. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when you look at the Word of God, he's saying, your argument doesn't make any sense. I yes, yeah. So he's actually he's actually reversing the argument on them. I was going to develop that more, but you know, you know, we got the time. I mean, the time ran out. But that's basically what he's saying. If I follow you guys' argument, your belief system, then I can't be judged as a sinner. So, like you said, he's using sarcasm. That's right. He's using sarcasm to bring out that very point that I can't be judged as a sinner, and as well as uh, everything I'm doing in terms, you have also his glory. His glory is fit in there too with that because he mentions the word glory. So none of that profits anything. You know, the giving God the glory as well as me being a sinner, I can't be judged on any of that stuff because if I go the way you're going. Thank you so much, and God bless you, brother. Thank you. All righty. All right. We've got time for Brother Rick real quick. Hey, Brother Rick, how you doing? I, I am blessed. How, uh, you, how you guys doing? Uh, we're truly blessed. I just want to give a validation to Cece right now. Amen. Because... Uh, because one thing the Old Testament clearly, clearly says, it does not, it does not give it does not give you a way of being permanently redeemed. Mm-hmm. That's why the you I mean, you had to go go to a Yom Kippur service to uh, get, throw away to get away get away from his sins. It's a merry-go-round ride, right? And I want to bring it back to uh, my own experience right now with uh, you know with my own 
with my own situation. Yeah, give us all the update. Uh, we have Deborah. We're going to try to squeeze her in, but give us an update uh, I'll make, I'll make on on uh, your situation. What happened with you on Monday? And I had the I had the surgery Monday, so the amputation took place Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday was more of a day of getting past the pain. Wednesday I was transferred over to the facility, which I'm doing right now. And uh, right now it's just a matter of uh, I've had last two last two days I've had physical therapy and occupational therapy. So far they said I've made plenty of progress. The projection the projection time could be anywhere from two weeks to two months, depending on how I do. Mm-hmm. So and the only thing I want to say on that also just to make it quick. I wouldn't be able to do this without uh, prayer, God's strength, and all, all you brothers and sisters in Christ. Because to take action requires strength from God. I could do all things from Christ who strengthens me. And that's very much what I want to mention. Well, you know, Rick, we are, we are really uh, thankful to the Lord that you called in tonight. And we also are thankful to the Lord uh the type of peace and strength and endurance that he's given you through this difficult time in your life. And when I called you that evening on Monday, uh, you know, I didn't even think you had surgery because you were sounding so strong. And it's like you said, I mentioned to you that you can do all things through Christ to strengthen you, uh, you know, Philippians four and 13. And, uh, God has perfected that scripture in your life. And it's a blessing to hear from you tonight because people have been asking about you. They've been concerned about you. And now they've heard you come on the airway and express where you're at and what God is doing. Continue to be blessed, brother. And I'm going to have Gary right now to pray for you before we get to Deborah. Let's close with you with some prayer because that would only be appropriate for us to do. Brother Gary. Yes. And, Lord, we just rejoice that uh, you have kept Brother Rick, and that uh, surgery was successful, Lord God, and that you, you're you strengthening him and you're encouraging him and you're filling him with vitality, Lord God. And we just pray that you continue him on this, on this road to recovery, Lord God, and that you, Lord God, would just continue to bless him. You are the great physician. You've never lost a case, and you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or ever think. And so we just thank you. And rejoice with Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, that you just keep him in good spirits, keep him encouraged, keep him blessed, and and let there be a pain-free recovery, Lord God, and, and that that swelling would go down smoothly, that the prosthesis that they've ordered would, would fit and function well, and that you have him up on his feet before he knows it, Lord God. And just keep blessing him, keep encouraging him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for calling, Rick. Keep us posted on your situation. Will do. All right. And we hope to see you on uh, Tuesday, so we'll be praying around that. Okay. All right. God bless. All right. God bless, Brother Rick. All right. We got time Take for care, you guys. All, All right. right. You do the same now. It looks like we we have time to, to get Deborah in. Yes. Deborah, are you there? Yep. How are you doing yeah. this evening? I'm doing the best I can. Well, amen. You know, again, Philippians 4 and 13, you can do all things through Christ to strengthen you. He gives you the strength to do it. Well, let's use our time wisely. Well, we have about uh, my, three or four minutes, and what's what's on your heart tonight? My question is, I, I already know the answer, but I want to hear what you say. Okay? Um, 
No. I got to hear the question first, though, before I can. The question is, the people that are left on the earth are those that were not caught up to be with the Lord, right? Uh, well, there there will be some people who will be left on the earth, and uh, yes, that's true. And then there will be uh, others that will be caught up. Yeah. yeah and so I'm saying those that are caught up are already with the Lord, so we'll be coming back with the Lord. But those that aren't caught up will will join um, uh, the ones that, that are on the earth will be caught up to join the rest of us, right? Well, you know, uh, there, there are some people, I believe that uh, the Lord— you know, there, when you get into dispensationalism, I don't believe in dispensationalism, and that is where they teach, you know, that the church will be raptured up, and then uh, the Jews will be left here to go through a holocaust. No, I'm not talking about that part. Okay, so what what part are you talking about? I'm talking about the people left on the earth are going to be a mixture of people, Jews and Gentiles. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what the Bible teaches. And and they will be caught up as well by the Spirit of God. So we'll all be one. Yeah, if they're genuine believers, they will be caught up as well. And so it's going to be uh, a whole company. Of, it will be people from all different ethnicities and, and uh, nations. Yes, so you're right on target with that. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, you know, this isn't taught a lot, so that's why I wanted to see what your feedback would be. So are are you saying there's two different times where people are caught up or just one? I'm trying one. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah right, right. right. Yeah, okay. Because, because the, what you have to understand that the dispensationalist movement believes in uh, two different ones. Yeah. And see, we we hold to the fact that, you know, that Paul makes it very clear in Galatians that there's neither Jew, bond, free. Uh, We're all one. Jew, you know, Greek, bond, free. We're all one in Christ. That means that, you you know, we're all children of Abraham by faith, not by ethnicity. And we need to make that clear that we understand that. Because yeah. there's a lot of people want to try to uh, separate, uh, you know, the ethnicities. That's just not what the Bible teaches. Yeah. That's what I thought. Well, you're on target. Okay. And thank you. Can we pray for you before we let you go? Yes. What would you like for us pray to pray for? My physical situation will be eliminated because it's becoming more and more painful. Would you like to share what what's happening with you? What what your physical situation is, so people can pray for you. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh, well, I was assaulted years ago, and a man had herpes, and I have it. Mm. We're so sorry to hear that. So sorry to hear that. Uh, I wasn't for, I wasn't uh thinking about that but I'm glad you were honest about that. I was thinking about your 
your physical condition, but we need to pray for you around that too, because that's a serious situation, especially with the health issues you have. What is the health issues? That's what I was trying to get at. What is the health issues that you have? You know, palsy, arthritis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of us in the Bay Area, we need to really pray for Deborah. She's really going through it. So, Brother Gary, let's lead us in prayer for Sister Deborah right now. So, Lord, you you know her situation better than anyone, and we just bring her to you right now, Lord. You are a God of compassion, uh, abounding in love, Lord God, and we know that you love Deborah. <clears throat> we just pray right now that you would be with her, that you'd bring healing, Lord God, especially to these areas of of infection and 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 painfulness that go around along with herpes. <clears throat> that that stuff would just subside and, and that you would remove it. We pray for her cerebral palsy as well as the arthritis. And we pray most of all, Lord God, that you would stand with her and give her comfort and let her know that you're with her in a new and powerful way. We pray, Lord God, that you would give her your peace right now, your perfect peace which surpasses all understanding, guard her heart and mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank Amen. you, Deborah. You stay strong and we love you and we'll keep you in our prayers and I hope I to wanna, see you soon. Okay. I want to get together with you. Yeah, we're going to have to come out and see you, sister. God bless. Brother All Gary. right. We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us. So drop us a note and let us know how the program's blessed you. Please keep us in prayers until next week. We once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.